Tonight we are continuing with chapter 6 of Shara B'Tochen. And chapter 6 presented seven flaws, seven problems with the worldview that Rabbeinu Bechaya refers to as the pledge-taker attitude. The person who wants collateral from Hashem person who tells Hashem, I need you to guarantee me up front that you're giving me what I want before I'm able to trust you. And we've gone through uh, three, I believe, three of the seven issues. So tonight, Hashem, we will uh, complete four, five, six, and seven. And that should uh, bring us to the end of this chapter. Um, over the next few nights, we should be able to finish chapter 7. It's a short chapter. And um, that will bring us, Bezos Hashem, to the, uh, to the conclusion of Shara B'Tachem. Okay. So let's look inside the text. Vaharavi and the fourth problem with this attitude. Ki hamamashkein es chavede hu mamashkein oise laachs mishalish ilais. When somebody takes collateral from another human being, he does so for one of three reasons. And we're going to see if these reasons apply to Hashem. Achas may had one reason. Shema yaini valaisasig yode. Maybe the person will become poor and he won't be able to repay the loan. You're wealthy today, but I don't know what's going to happen. Maybe uh, the market's going to tank and you had all your money tied up in stocks. I don't know. So I need collateral in case you become poor tomorrow. Vahasheni is the second reason. Shema yikpeitz yodei almash yesh etzlei Maybe he's going to become tight-fisted with what he has, and he's not going to, he, in other words, he didn't lose his money. He still has his money, but you know what? He decides sometimes better, you know, not to pay your debts. So at least if I have the collateral, I'll tell him, okay, fine, don't pay your debt. I'm keeping your collateral. Vahashlishis, and the third reason, Third reason is maybe the guy will die. Or maybe he'll uh, go off the grid and you won't be able to find the guy. Take out a bunch of loans and disappear. So if he does that, at least I'll have his collateral. So collateral is a cure for these ills, for these three issues. But if people were safe from these three risks in their relationship with others, it would undoubtedly be uh, shameful for them to demand a pledge. But since we know in human relationships, these three things could happen. The guy could become poor. The guy could decide to be a jerk and not pay you, or he could die or disappear. Since those things do happen, so that's the reality. Most people, if you're gonna, especially if they don't know you, they, they're, gonna, they're gonna take uh, collateral. That's just the way that it's done. However, Hashem, 
Asher Those three issues don't apply to him. So it's even more unbecoming, more shameful to take collateral from him. In other words, we said if those three issues didn't apply with people and you still took collateral from people, it would be pretty shameful. Hashem, it doesn't apply to him, so it's even more shameful. Ukvar Amar Akosov Taita has already told us about Hashem. Hashem says, I have all the silver, I have all the gold. What are you worried? He's going to become poor? He's going to, Hashem's going to go bankrupt? The Amr, Also it says, riches and honor come from you. So what are you concerned? Hashem's going to lose his money? <laughs> he's got all the money. Hashem's going to become stingy? Trust me, he's not thinking that he's going to make profit this year by, by not paying you. What do you think? He's going to disappear? He's going to die or disappear? So to ask Hashem to give you a mashkain, to give you payment up front, is, uh, he calls it a gnai. I mean, it's really, it's, it's, it's shameful. It's, uh, how, how, would you de- how, how would you describe, how do you do a translate gnai? Vahachamishi, and the fifth reason why this attitude toward Hashem doesn't make sense. One who takes a pledge from his fellow will feel secure with it, since he expects to collect from it and benefit either directly from it, from the collateral itself, or from its exchange in value, meaning he could sell it, liquidate it. Avolmi... But as to one, as to he, who thinks that he will be secure from all worldly concerns if the Creator provides him in, in advance with all his needs, his argument is false. Why? Because he is not secure with the money that's left with him. Why not? If Hashem would, all the parnasa you need for a lifetime, Hashem would give it to you up front. Imagine, the day before your chasana, you, someone would all of a sudden put $20 million in your bank account. They figure out, this is what you need. Till the day you die, you need $20 million to, to, to marry off all your kids who aren't born yet because it's the day before your chasana. And you have $20 million adjusted for inflation. $50 million. I want to freak out the chasana. You're going to have to make $50 million. Between now and, uh, yeah, you probably will be with inflation. Anyways, but all that money was just deposited, boom, in your account the night before your chasana. Still wouldn't make you secure. He can't be sure of holding on to his money because disaster may strike him and separate him from it. As it says in Torah, at a young age it will leave him. So even if Hashem would put all the money in your account, I don't know, maybe uh, there'll be a revolution and there'll be no FDIC and it was, that's what it called, FDIC. 
Okay, fine, so don't give me money in the account. Give me jewels. Okay, maybe robbers will come in and steal your jewels. Whatever form you have the assets in, there's no security. Things happen. Things can happen, okay? So even if you be get, get all your panosa delivered up front, you're still not guaranteed anything, unless you believe in Hashem. But then if you believed in Hashem, you wouldn't need it all up front anyways, would you? Aha, aha. Furthermore, his argument that he will attain peace of mind by achieving what he desires of material wealth. It is a lie and betrays ignorance of what he wishes to attain. Why? Because, on the contrary, the wealth could become a major cause of worry and anxiety. Like our sages say, The more possessions, the more worry. So not only would it not help you to have less anxiety, if you had 50 million in the bank the night before your chasana, it would actually give you more worry. By the way, it's interesting to note that um, the Rebbe once spoke about this at a Fabrengen, about Marba Nechosim Marba Daiga. Is it like unavoidable? There's nothing that can be done about it. You know, because the Chazal say it, like it's Marba Nechosim Marba Daiga. So they, the only way out of it is to be poor. Ah, no. There's a way of turning Marba Nechosim Marba Daiga into a positive. What's the positive? That if you're blessed with a lot of wealth, then you could worry about making sure you're giving enough tzedakah and spending your money in the best way. And that's a positive daiga. Because the problem with daiga is that not daiga itself, it's what we worry about. We worry about stuff that's out of our control. Everything's in the hands of heaven except for one's awe of heaven. So if you're worrying about the way the world is treating you, well, you can't control the way the world treats you. So you're worrying in a very, like, totally unproductive way. But if you're worried about how you're treating the world, well, that you have, a, you have complete control over. You have complete control over whether you are doing the right thing. So that's a good thing to worry about. Not only it's, it's good, I mean, you have to worry about that. You, oh, yeah, I'm not, I'm not worried about whether or not I'm living up to my, uh, my mission in life. Well, well, if you're not worried about it, then you're not doing it. So that's actually a good thing to worry. And it's not real, it's not worry like we think of worry, like in a toxic way where you, because when you worry about stuff that's out of your control, there's no resolution. But if you worry about stuff that is under your control, yeah, then there's a resolution. Because then you like, you go take care of it, and you do it. So... That's Marbid Nechos and Marbid in a positive way. Okay, now let's look at the sixth issue. And the sixth reason why this pledge-taking attitude is no good. One who takes a pledge from his fellow, if he had been certain that his fellow would pay him back earlier than the agreed upon time, and would out of sheer kindness reward him for waiting for his money with 
twice the sum that was owed to him. Don't ask how that is done. If it's ribis, there's a way of doing it as a matona. Anyways, let's say you knew this guy, not only is not going to run off with my money that I loaned him, he's going to pay me back early and he's going to pay me back. He's going to give... He's going to give me a gift on top of it. Not rebus, but a gift on top of it. You would not take collateral from such a guy. I would take collateral from that guy. This guy is good. You know, you want to do business with him. He's generous. You always end up coming out ahead when you do uh, business with this guy. So why would you uh, burden him by taking collateral from him? And as for the Creator, may He be exalted, whose benevolence and great favor present, present and past are known to us. Who is known to requite acts of charity and obedience with reward that cannot be imagined? Kamesha Kosov, like it says, No, I have seen, O God, beside yours, what God has prepared for those that wait for him. Talking about the reward in Aden. It's even more disgraceful then to take a pledge from such a person. So Hashem, we know, gives us gifts and He rewards us disproportionately and the reward in the world to come is beyond, 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 beyond to the extent that it's described as no eye has seen it. Not only, you know, that uh, it's a great reward, it's greater than our capacity to even fathom reward. All right. The Hashvi and the seventh issue with this pledge-taking attitude. Ki hamamashkin eschaveda ene mamashkinai ela acher shuhu yachol lamalaisma shemishkinai bavurei mehoin ha'elam. He who takes a pledge from his fellow does so only if he is able to supply the latter with the goods for which he takes the pledge as security. But one who takes security from Hashem, or who would demand security from Hashem, a, a pledge from Hashem, uh, in the form of advanced favors, it's not even certain he's going to be able to pay Hashem back for what he already owes. How much more so for a new thing that he owes. In other words, <laughs> he thinks that he's the lender and Hashem is the borrower, and therefore he needs collateral from Hashem, but it's actually the reverse. And now by taking collateral from Hashem, he's going to end up indebted to Hashem with a debt he's not even able to pay. Even a tzaddik only is able to pay Hashem back through Hashem's help. If it wouldn't be for Hashem's help, we wouldn't even be able to pay back Hashem. It's Hashem helps us to pay back Hashem. Like one of the pious said in one of his praises, even 
even the intelligent person who knows you does not glory in his own accomplishment, but in your name and in your mercy, because you prepared his heart to know you. So even the one thing you could brag about, which is knowing Hashem, because that's within your power to work on that. Being rich, being poor, you know, strong, healthy, handsome, tall, you know, those you have no control over that. Hashem gives that to you or doesn't give it to you, right? So there's no reason to brag about that. The one thing you can brag about is that you know Hashem, because that's what you're given free will to do, is to know Hashem. But even that, the wise person knows, I only accomplished because Hashem let me. That's what he says. Ki for through you will all the descendants of Israel be found worthy, and in you will they glory, saying, We glory in God continually and give thanks to your name forever. Which means that even when you accomplish the things that, is within your, that are within your free choice to accomplish, even that Hashem helped you. How much more so stuff that you don't have control over. Isn't that wild? Like even the stuff that you have to accomplish on your own, because Hashem gave you free will to do it, even that stuff He's really helping you. It's crazy. Stuff that we have no free will over, Hashem's completely doing. Like we have no free will over being rich. So if you become rich, not because you did it, Hashem did it for you. But even the stuff that you have to do on your own, like become a mensch, Hashem helped you be a mensch. Never ends. It never ends. It's like you think about when you really think about the degree of dependency we have. It's like I guess it's not mind blowing because what what else would you expect? He's infinite. We're finite. He created us. We're constantly dependent on him for our existence. So obviously we're dependent upon him for anything we achieve. But yeah, it's important to to reflect on that once in a while. Um. Okay, I'm going to share something with you. I got this from Chayenu. You know that our text is provided to us generously by Chayenu. And uh, this chart was in the Chayenu. This sums up the seven flaws in asking for a divine pledge before serving Hashem. So just to recap, chapter 6. Flaw number one, a servant does not take a pledge from his master, right? And we were saying, you think that you're a worker, you're not even a worker, you're a servant. Number two, you don't know how much you need, right? We were, said, we were saying before, how, how much do you really need? You have no idea what that number is, so you're asking for, for, for an open-ended number. In that case, you know, you might as well just skip the whole business and just have the betochen in the first place because you really don't know how much you need anyway. Three, you don't take a pledge from someone to whom you are owing, right? That would be kind of preposterous, right? Give me a pledge. What are you talking about? He's been giving you a pledge the whole time. Four, you take a pledge from someone who cannot guarantee repayment. You know, that's, we just did that tonight, right? But Hashem doesn't have those problems. Five, the divine pledge can become the source of your worries, Right? Even if you had all the money, doesn't mean you're going to hold on to it. To the contrary, you're going to have to worry about holding on to it. Six, there's no need for a pledge when you will undoubtedly be repaid more than your output. So relax, okay? He's, he's very generous. He's very good. 
He's exactly who you want to be doing business with. <laughs> you know, don't, don't, don't make, don't act. <laughs> I won't say, well, you know, uh, whatever. It's kind of like a New York thing. I'm not saying all shopkeepers in New York, but they make you feel like it's a, they're doing you a favor by selling you something so that they can make a living, right? So <laughs> you, you make somebody feel like you're doing them a favor by doing business with them, right? You make Hashem feel like you're doing him a favor by doing business with him. Like, come on, convince me. Give me a, give me a mashkin. He's doing you a favor because he's very generous and he always makes sure that everyone he does business with comes out way ahead, okay? Seven, you don't even know if you can supply that for which you're asking the pledge. Yeah, so it's just better not to, uh, not to keep racking up the, uh, the debt. Just adding and adding and adding. Don't ask for a mashkin, you're better off. Okay, all right. All right, and so that's, that's the chart. Those are the seven flaws of the pledge-taking attitude. And that's the end of chapter six. Don't be a pledge-taker. What does that mean, bottom line, don't be a pledge-taker? That means don't set preconditions on your relationship with Hashem. Don't tell Hashem that when you're going to see the money in the bank, then you're going to start serving. Just start serving now. He's taking care of you in the best possible way already now. Even if it doesn't look like that, okay, trust me, he's taking care of you perfectly right now. So you can just start serving him. You can just start serving him. You don't have to wait. You don't have to say, until he does this and this and this, then I don't want to start serving. Just start serving him the best you can right now. That's it. That's the bottom line. Okay. Mirza Hashem, chapter 7, tomorrow night.